Welcome into Golf Betting On Demand. I'm your host, Rick Gaiman. And this week, we do not have any PGA Tour action, but we have plenty to talk through. We had two events on the PGA Tour or worldwide last week with the WGC. We have President's Cups picks coming up this week and trying to figure out who Tiger is going to be choosing. And there's just a lot going on. So we can cover a lot of this information. But as we always do each and every week, let's look back to last week and see how we did. It was the WGC HSBC champions in Shanghai, China. I sat here one week ago and I rattled off the bets that I was making, some of the players that we thought were most interesting and we hit one, we hit a winner. Uh, I'll save that for just a second, but let's go through the other picks and the other golfers that we did have here. So on my slip, I bet uh, Zhang at 100 to one. He ended up finishing in a tie for 38th. I also bet uh, Andre Pavan at 80 to one. He ended up finishing in a tie for 49th. I bet Shane Lowry at 50 to one. He ended up finishing in a tie for 43rd. But the winner that if you tailed along with me, congratulations, you also hit was Rory McIlroy. I got him at six to one. I saw numbers kind of all over. I saw five and a half to one uh, started to get a little more common throughout the week, but I got it in fairly early. So I got him at six and it cannot be overstated how good Rory McIlroy is and has been uh, over the last, I don't know, 12 or 18 months. So he is your reigning PGA Tour PGA Player of the Year, which makes complete sense after going out and winning the Tour Championship last year. He had three wins on his resume, and he picks up right where he left off. The The reason that we liked Rory last week was because the previous week at the Zozo Championship, outside of his horrible first round, which I believe he shot a 72, I believe that was two over par in Japan, uh... If you erase the first round, he was the best player in the field. Aggregate the second, third, and fourth round. So he played awesome. Best score on the last three rounds. Best score on the weekend, of course. And that, to me, said, okay, he's trending in the right direction here. He has constantly piled up top five finishes in uh, in China. So this seems like a logical place to go get Rory. Additionally, what we've seen from a lot of these WGC no-cut events, smaller fields, is that the studs win them. Uh, it's It ends up being really, really top-heavy, and Rory went out and wins it in a playoff against Xander Shoffley, who now, um, you know, Xander almost successfully defends his crown. Um, you know, it's really hard to do that. He, he was, you could tell Xander was dealing with some some flu-like symptoms or with a little bit of a, a sickness over there in China, but almost pulls it out in a playoff, ends up finishing in second place. So really impressive stuff out of China last week. And then we also, uh, we also had another event. So there was the official, you know, the alternate event for the PGA Tour was in Bermuda. And um, it's worth mentioning a little bit. We didn't cover it on the show necessarily last week, but there's some things that I think are going to be interesting for moving forward. So Brendan Todd goes out and shoots a 62 on Sunday, the best round of his career. I believe this was the 500th round he played on the PGA Tour on Sunday, the best round of his career, and it vaults him up the leaderboard. That's nine under to beat Harry Higgs and shoot 24 under par. So Harry Higgs finishes in solo second. We saw Scotty Scheffler also finish in a tie for third. Two guys that 
are up and comers on the PGA Tour. And I think this allows us to discuss a few things. Um, you know, Brent, we, we talk a lot about volatility and we talk a lot about how drastic the results can be in the world of golf. And I think this is a perfect example. You know, Brandon Todd, his first four starts of this year missed the cut in every single one. He only had one cut that he made prior to this win, which was the Houston Open when he finished, I believe, in a tie for 28th. So what I constantly, you, you hear me say this all the time on this show, is you really need to embrace the volatility and you need to understand the range of outcomes for a golfer. Very specific um, example for you. Rory McIlroy last year winning the PGA Player of the Year, his range of outcomes was fairly small. Uh, he had a couple of wins. He had a ton of top tens. He did miss the cut at the Open Championship, but like his, he was basically finishing between fifth and fifteenth, like the vast majority of his of his events last year. Brooks Kepka was a little bit different. So while Brooks Kepka went out and won, uh, won multiple times, won a major. You know, he missed some cuts, finished in the forties, finished in the fifties, something that Rory wasn't doing. So that's what I'm talking about, the range of outcomes. So you need to understand which golfers are actually capable of going up and winning a golf tournament. And they might fit, like Siwoo Kim is another great example. Siwoo Kim, week in and week out, might win the golf tournament and he might finish dead last. That's possible. Um, you know, probably unlikely that someone like Rory finishes dead last, right? So that's, that's what I'm talking about, about range of outcomes. And, and Brendan Todd basically hit his, you know, 100th percentile finish especially doing it in a fashion of shooting a 62 in the final round to pass Harry Higgs, who must be sitting there. You know, Harry Higgs shoots 66, 65, 65, 68, did nothing wrong whatsoever, and is sitting there like, where's my trophy? Because Brendan Todd ran up and stole it from him. So uh, really interesting development there. I think the other takeaways are, you know, Scotty Scheffler gets his his uh his best finish as a PGA Tour pro. Harry Higgs also that second place is his best finish as a PGA Tour pro. These young guys are ready, man. They are just going to continually knock at the door. They are going to win soon, right? Especially Scotty Scheffler who's now like inside the top 70 or 80 in the world, someone that won multiple times on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. Like he is ready to win on the PGA Tour. And this is just more evidence of that. So the takeaways from last week are Rory is really, really good. Uh, embrace that volatility. And these young guys at the PGA Tour is as deep as it has ever been. Um, and it just shows how deep the PGA Tour is because now those younger golfers, Scotty Scheffler, Harry Higgs, uh, Victor, Victor Hovland, they are all going to just start cementing themselves in the top 50 of the world golf rankings and they might be there for quite a bit of time but we tip our cap to phil mickelson whose uh run in the top 50 has ended for the first time in 26 years all right we've got a lot to talk about this week i want to talk betting strategies in general i want to talk about some future bets i want to talk about specifically the president's cup picks that are going to be coming out later this week and we'll get to that on the other side
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. And as I mentioned at the top, there is no PGA Tour event this week, but that does not mean that there is a lack of news or things that you could potentially bet on. So this is a built-in week off where the players can come back from their their Asian swing, come back from China before heading to Mayakoba uh, in Mexico next week. But there is a lot of big news. And, and the biggest thing that we're going to hear this week are the captain's picks for this year's President's Cup. So we're probably, what, five or six weeks away from the President's Cup in Australia. And Tiger Woods and Ernie Els, the two captains of both the U.S. and the international team, are going to be making their President's Cup picks uh, this week. So Wednesday night and Thursday night. So let me read through who is currently on, on Team USA uh, and, and team and the international team. What we'll also do is I'll probably, uh, what I'll do for fun here is I'll set odds on who these captains picks are and you can tell me how wrong or how right I am. So here is, here's who is currently on the, the U.S. team. We've got Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, asterisks, 
Uh, Matt Kuchar, Xander Shoffley, Webb Simpson, Bryson DeChambeau, and Patrick Cantlay. The asterisk next to Brooks Kepka's name is because dealing with a knee injury, you know, left the Zozo Championship uh, after after slipping on some wet concrete, re-injured a knee that he already had some some issues with. We don't know if he will actually tee it up uh, for the President's Cup this year. So if that happens, Tiger is going to be able to make a uh, a tenth. I'm sorry, a tenth. That would be a lot. A fifth captain's pick. So he's got four picks now. In all likelihood, he's going to choose himself. This is a guy who I think, even before him going out and winning the Zozo Championship, should have picked himself. Um, you're you're in a competition where you are already the pretty decisive and prohibitive favorite uh, up against the international team. The international team has one win ever in this format. I believe they're like ten. They're the U.S. team is ten one and one, something like that. Um, that last win was actually here at Royal Melbourne in in 1998. So we'll talk about the actual wins there. But uh, you know, you're already a big you're already a big favorite. Uh, you're you're the greatest draw in all of golf. I think your teammates would have been a little disappointed had you not picked yourself. You don't have to play all that much. You have to put yourself out there in every single session. Uh, you can still be the captain, and and it just I think it was a lock that he was going to pick himself, and now he's most certainly a lock because he he goes out and he wins within the last couple of weeks. Now he's got to sit there and say, okay, am I good enough? Of course you're good enough. You're going to pick. So if if Tiger was um, the odds for Tiger to pick himself as a captain's pick are are I don't know my like realistically you can probably get a book at like minus one thousand. Right, but it's just a, a virtual log. It might as well be minus fifty thousand. The guy's gonna pick himself. So that's that's where we're going there. Next, he has a little bit of a pool of golfers that he can choose from. Um, so he's got Gary Woodland, you know, your defending U.S. Open champion, playing well at the moment. You've got Ricky Fowler, Patrick Reed, Tony Finau, Kevin Kisner, and Ches Reeve. Now, to me, uh, I think. I think Gary Woodland is is pretty much is pretty safe here. Um, would be weird to not have the defending U.S. Open champion on this team. He's played well recently. Tiger and Gary have been pretty buddy buddy when they've played together recently. So I mean, if you want to set odds on Gary Woodland to be a captain's pick, you're probably looking like minus four hundred, minus three fifty, something like that. Pretty pretty favorable. Makes him about 80 percent chance of of being a captain's pick. It actually might be higher than that. Then you get Patrick Reed, who I think is interesting. And Patrick Reed, I personally think is a lock for this team, but I don't believe the betting markets would, would necessarily reflect that. So he might be the guy that if I could bet on who will be on the, on the U.S. Um, President's Cup team, Patrick Reed might be the most, um, the best value here. So Patrick Reed notorious for being a great match play player and now he's you know he's, he played fairly well shot a 66 in the final round in in Shanghai playing well enough to get himself uh you know a little recent form but there is actually a tweet there's a tweet from Tiger Woods when Patrick Reed won the Masters last year so it was April of 2018 that basically the tweet says from Tiger congrats Patrick Reed at least you've you know at worst you've guaranteed yourself a spot on the Presidents Cup team which is a little bit uh I don't know, premature to be to be giving that away 18 months in advance, but I still think it holds true. 
very likely that Tiger is going to pick Patrick Reed. I'd put his odds maybe something around, I don't know, minus, you know, books might have a minus 250, something like that. The only thing that stops Patrick Reed from potentially being a bigger lock is, remember, you know, going back to the Ryder Cup, just what was that, a year or two ago? Um, a year ago? 2018 Ryder Cup? The, you know, there was all this talk about, you know, kind of Patrick Reed and how he didn't want to play with Jordan Spieth and he wasn't a good teammate. And there was just like, he was almost toxic. He was toxic. Uh, but now it feels like he's he's right back in it. We've all forgotten. I think he's a, a kind of a lock to get in here, which then leads us to the last pick. And and this only assumes Kepka plays. If Kepka doesn't play, Tiger's decision gets pretty easy because he can take both of these guys. He can take both Ricky Fowler and Tony Finau. But if Kepka if Kepka tees it up in Australia, this is actually a pretty interesting situation. Um, so Fowler has not played recently. We haven't seen a lot of Ricky Fowler in the world. Tony Finau much better form coming into this. We've seen him play more recently. It would be a little. Um, it would be crazy to have a, a U.S. team that did not have Ricky Fowler on it. He's such a good teammate. He can play a lot of different formats. But Tony Finau's game, I think, translates a little bit better. Uh, you know, he can hit the ball a mile. He can hit some some really uh, crazy shots that that in match play you want someone that you can can get absolutely scorching hot. And not that Ricky Fowler cannot get hot. We just haven't seen as much of it recently. So this to me is is almost a coin flip. You know, I I would say Tiger should pick Tony Finau. I think he will pick Ricky Fowler. So if if you put these at, you know, minus 115 a piece, I'd bet Tony Finau, uh, or I'm sorry, excuse me. I would bet Ricky Fowler gets the final captain's pick here. I would personally pick Tony Finau. I think that is a much better uh, situation. And, and I you know, I think he can play with basically anybody. I think he's a great teammate as usual. I mean, not that Ricky Fowler isn't, but it's a situation where, um, you know, I, I, I like one, but I think Tiger might screw this one up a little bit. So then you look at this and we'll, um, we'll talk through the international team and the odds for those guys. But if you look at the odds for who is actually going to win the President's Cup, the U.S. is minus 275 at the moment. The international team is plus 250. So pretty significantly, pretty significant favorites for the U.S. They've dominated this event. Um, what I would like to do, if you're the international team, if you're Ernie Yells, you have to flip the script. You have to do something that you've never done before because what you've been doing as an international team is just not working. I think that just in the way that we discussed how volatile golf can be, I think that the international team needs to embrace that volatility a little bit. They need to go out and get guys that are either going to get scorching hot for four days and help them win the President's Cup, or they're going to get absolutely lambasted and lose by like 15 points. You know, there's really no, there's no moral victory in in going out and losing by three points and saying, well, we only lost by three and last time they beat us by seven or eight. That That is not the way that I believe Ernie Els should be playing this. And I do not think it is the way he will play this. So guys like, I, I think I mentioned Siwoo Kim would be you know, he's he's probably not a, a notable potential selection for Ernie Els, but 
he's in the next tier of golfers that I think Ernie Els could um, could actually consider. And what I really think he needs to do, like that would be the perfect guy who can either have high upside, very low, or you know, very very low floor. He could make you look like a the uh, a goat in a bad way, or he can make you look like the goat, right? So um, I think that's a really interesting situation. And Ernie Els, the international situation is much more compelling. I, I want to talk through that uh, when we get back from these words. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. And with the off week on the PGA Tour, we've got other things to talk about. And we've been dissecting the President's Cup teams. Uh, those are the captain's picks are going to be announced and those teams are going to be finalized this week, Wednesday night and Thursday night. The European team, or I'm sorry, the international team, not a Ryder Cup, it's the President's Cup. So it's the international team will be uh, finalized Wednesday night, and the U.S. team will be finalized Thursday night. Ernie Els, Tiger Woods, the two captains that will make those captains picks. So we've already talked through the the U.S. team and what their options are, and quite honestly, it's pretty straightforward. Their team is already stacked. They have like three guys that are certainly going to be on the team in Tiger, uh, Patrick Reed, and Gary Woodland, I think. The really decision is it's going to be interesting because one of probably Fowler and Finau are going to be left off this team unless Brooks Kepka's knee doesn't hold up and he can't play and he kind of withdraws from this. Uh, otherwise, they'll both get in, but that's really the end of it. I mean, the next tier of guys would be Kevin Kisner, Ches Reeve, and nothing wrong with them, but they're not they're not up to the same caliber as the rest of these guys. Uh, the international team is much more compelling. So here's who's already on Ernie L's team. You've got Hideki Matsuyama, Adam Scott, Louis Eustazen, Mark Leishman, Abraham Answer, Hao Tong Lee, Cam Smith, and C.T. Pan. And the list of guys that Ernie L's can pick is, is a lot more interesting. And I think he's in such a unique situation. So a couple of notables here that that could potentially be captain's picks. Our buddy who we talk about all the time, Sung J.M. Uh, Hyun An, also available. Corey Connors, Jason Day, Joaquin Neiman. I imagine Ernie L's four captain picks are going to come out of that group. Now, this is the one thing I don't like about uh, the President's Cup, the Ryder Cup, whatever it is, where no matter what, there is some ceremony built into this there is uh prestige there is honor of course which is all great but what's going to happen is that jason day is going to have to be on this team because we are at royal melbourne and we are in australia and to not have him on this team would be almost criminal you know you've got adam scott there you've got mark leishman there 
But Jason Day, you need to play in Australia. I am under the belief that he has probably not earned his spot on that team. Uh, and I know Captain Ernie Els was 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 dying for Jason Day to earn his spot onto that team so he would not have to make this decision. He wouldn't have to burn a roster spot on Jason Day as a captain's pick. But um, because, you know, I, he hasn't really been up to form, but Jason Day on the pro side of it, he can get really hot with the putter. We've seen a little bit more flashes from him recently. I guess it's not the worst pick in the world, but uh, I would probably go a different route. And... Um, but so so Jason Day, despite being probably the guy worst suited for this uh, event of the notables, is is probably the favorite to make this team. He's probably like minus five hundred to be a captain's pick here. But then that's where things go sideways, and and I imagine Ernie Els like he really um, you know I mentioned Siwoo Kim, I mentioned his, his he should be willing to embrace the volatility that comes out of this team. Uh, you have Sung J M, the reigning rookie of the year. He's on the team. Okay. That's a lock. I love it. I can't wait. Uh, you have Ben on here who I think will be on the team because of his really good T to green numbers. Um, you know, can't really putt all that well, but if you pair him with somebody who can kind of makes your, makes your life a little bit easier. Uh, Corey Connors, same thing. Couldn't put, couldn't put those guys together. You cannot put, so this is when you're talking about roster construction, um, and, and trying to find a team of guys that, mesh well physically emotionally but also on the course uh you can't have too many guys like ben on and Corey connors uh, you already have hideki matsuyama i mean they do have a lot of like t to green guys uh that you cannot play together so like would be shocking to stick hideki and benny on together or hideki and Corey connors together because neither of them can putt they're both great t to green but if you took Someone like a Corey Connors or a Ben on, you put him with Louis Eustazen, a guy whose short game is much better. Um, CT Pan can get the hot, the, the putter hot in, in some cases. Like those are probably more natural fits. And I, and I assume that is the route that Ernie Els, uh, well, I shouldn't assume because he's kind of an old guy and he might not be into the analytics of things. Uh, but I assume that he should go in that direction. Now, so, so for me, my, my, unfortunately, here's what I think the team is going to be. I think it's going to be Jason Day, Sung Jung, Sung J.M., excuse me, Ben On, and Corey Connors. Those are, I, I think, are your four captain's picks. The way that I wish Ernie Els would go is to leave Jason Day off the team and play Joaquin Neiman. And Neiman, quite frankly, has just been a better golfer than Jason Day over the last 12 or 18 months. And I don't care that he's young and he doesn't have any experience. This is how you get president's cup experience by actually playing shockingly um the other thing i like about neiman is you know recent amateur he was he was he's just came up the ranks right uh all of these guys they all of the amateur events are basically match play they have played a lot of match play uh, when you get on the PGA tour for a long time and all, and you get, just get used to playing stroke play over and over again, you might lose that mentality a little bit of how, how best to compete. So would be really intrigued to see Joaquin, the dream Neiman make this international team. I, I don't think it's going to happen because I think Sung Jay, Benny on and Corey Connors are going to make it. But to me, this is the more compelling side of it. So if we laid, if we, if we set odds on this, let's say Jason days, minus 500, Sung Jay has to be minus 600, something like that. He's your reigning rookie of the year. 
Then you get probably Ben on at um, maybe minus minus one fifty. I think it's it'd be, that's still pretty good, right? He's like a sixty percent chance to make the team. Corey Connors probably in that same ballpark, and then you know Joaquin Neiman, he's the plus money. He's probably plus I don't know two hundred thirty three percent chance to uh, to make this team, which I think is going to be wrong. But really interested to see how this plays out. Now in terms of betting. Because the President's Cup, while we're five or six weeks away, you should be preparing for this because I think there's a couple of things. Um, I did really well in the Ryder Cup last time because I basically laid heavy on um, on the international team. And this all goes back to the volatility in, in golf where for any one match, basically any of these pros can beat another pro. So you're going to see some pretty crazy odds. Like if we get a... Um, if we get a individual match, a singles match between CT Pan and like Justin Thomas, CT Pan's going to be like plus 300 or plus 400. And he's certainly not that big of a dog to anybody uh, in the world, right? I mean, it's just, it just for 18 holes, is you're not, especially in match play. So what I would encourage you to do is a couple of things. Feel, you know, you can fire your bet now, minus 275 on the US or plus 250. Before this team rounds out, I don't think these are going to change all that much in the next five or six weeks. Uh, so you can fire your bets there, but be prepared to move quickly on bets like top point score. Um, and the top point score is not always Dustin Johnson, right? It's, it's just not. What you need to consider is who's going to play the most. So we have seen in other, you know, if you play the most, you have a chance to earn the most points. Obviously, there are going to be guys from this team, especially some of the captain's picks that only play one or two of the sessions. Now they have to play the the singles, of course, but um, like there's a chance some of these guys only teed up a few times. So they're obviously not going to be the guys that are have the best chance of being the top point scorers. So what we usually see, and it's usually younger guys, like, like Xander might play every session. He's young, he's great, he's got the energy. We've seen Patrick Reed uh, and Jordan Spieth, when they played together, like they, those guys played every single session. Uh, that's the st- kind of stuff you want to keep an eye on for who could potentially be the, um, the top point scorer. Even, even from the international team, really the only like young guy who's qualified, like Cam Smith could play every single session. I don't think that would be outrageous. Um, you, you might see Ernie Els give, Louis Ustase in a break, Mark Leishman a break every now and then because they're a little bit older. That's a lot of golf to play. But Cam Smith, they might just fire up every single round. Someone like Sungjae Im, who if if anybody's built for a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup, it's got to be this guy who plays every single week, week in, week out, no matter what it is. He can go out and play a bunch of rounds in a row. Uh, he might be a good bet for a top point score. So keep keep that stuff in mind, and then uh, as we get closer and we know who the matchups are, um, you know that that's where you can really find the edges. But usually the edges are in the dogs here because it's such a volatile format. All right, I do want to look also at um, a, a, some futures here really quickly. So you know there is plenty of stuff going on on the PGA Tour or I'm sorry, not on the PGA Tour, but around the world of golf. So there's a European Tour event, which is the Turkish Airlines Open. We've got um, we've got odds up for not only the President's Cup, we have it for the Masters, the PGA in 2020, the Open Championship, the U.S. Open. There, there are some futures that 
I'm not necessarily apt to always betting these futures. I, you know, obviously depending on how you're doing this, I don't like to tie up my money from now until next July with a bet on someone for next year's Open Championship. I don't love the idea of that, but this is the time of year where um, you're going to get the best value for it. So what I would encourage you to do is you have your bankroll. Uh, you know, set aside a portion of your bankroll, whether it is 10 bucks a month, what, like even, so, you know, whatever it is, use that for some of these future bets. Because what you can see and what you can find, and I, I'll give you a, um, I'll give you a, a really hard example of this on the other side, but like someone like Gary Woodland. Uh, Gary Woodland has played well recently. We know he's capable of winning big events. You go and you look and he's 66 to 1 to win the Masters throw a couple bucks on him, right? So guys that kind of break out as the year goes along, be ready to fire a couple bucks, you know, every week on, on guys. And, and then by the time uh, the Masters rolls around, by the time the US Open rolls around, you've got a, a small slate of guys that you have flyers on. That's the way that I usually do it. We'll dive deeper into these future bets uh, right after a word on the other side. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. This is the rare, I actually think this might be the only time all year there is uh, basically a break week built in, maybe at the end of what is formerly called the swing season before the Century Tournament of Champions, there might be another week like this, but no event on the PGA Tour this week. So what we've done is we've gone through and we've talked about um, both PGA Tour events last week. We've discussed potential President's Cup rosters uh, and captain's picks, which will be announced later this week. Set a little odds on those. Talked a little President's Cup strategy. But there are uh, there are worldwide events going on. Um, so we've got the European Tour, which is the Turkish Airlines Open. And I was just kind of scoot, you know, scrolling through, scooting through. The odds here, and you'll see it opens up with Justin Rose at seven and a half to one to win the event. Patrick Reed at ten to one. Our buddy Shane Lowry at sixteen. Terrell Hatton at eighteen. Molinari at at twenty. Matt Wallace at twenty. And um, what stood out to me is this is you know obviously not as a a, a deep of a field or as a talented of a field as a, a regular PGA Tour event, but to see. You know, Patrick Reed to me at 10 to 1 seems to be like a, a really good bet. Um, he's not the favorite. Justin Rose takes that honor, but Reed trending in the right direction. And we talked about Patrick Reed, or no, we did, I'm sorry. Sorry, we did not talk about Patrick Reed, but Patrick Reed is similar to someone that we talked about last week, which is Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel is a very streaky golfer. When he gets hot, he gets scorching, and he can do it for five or six weeks in a row. We might have seen the end of that uh, hot streak from Billy Horschel, but Patrick Reed's the same way. 
Patrick Reed is like one something clicking in his swing away from winning multiple events. Um, you know, we've seen him win playoff events. We've seen him win uh, the Masters. Like the, the guy can compete in every single field that he plays in. And no one gets as hot as he does when it happens. Uh, so to me, he's trending in the right direction. That 66 that he shot in the final round in Shanghai looked really, really good. Uh, and now as he's gearing up for, for President's Cup selections and trying to get right towards the end of the year here, 10 to 1 in a field that he is, you know, one of, I mean, he is one of the best players in this field, I feel like is a really good spot. He's someone who plays a lot on the European tour. So it's not like he's going over there and trying to just like crash the party. He, it, it will not be anything unusual for him to tee it up on a Euro- European tour event. So I really, really like Patrick Reed. Um, any other names that might stand out, you know, not certainly thrilled to bet a lot of these guys. Victor Perez at 40 to one. Victor Perez had a really good week in China last week. He he might be someone that you could theoretically uh, try to back, but it seems to be pretty top heavy. Um, Francesco Molinari is here if he can get um, if he can get his his swing in shape. I think he might be pretty good. So there's some guys there, but all of my action will be pretty top heavy. You know, uh, Danny Willett at 28 also shows up. You know, we liked Willett last week. He's back in a situation where. The field is much, much weaker. He's the the ninth best odds to win this golf tournament. He's someone that I could probably back at 28 to 1. I think we backed him at, uh, I want to say 50 last week. We talked about him at 50 or 60 to 1. He's, he's 28 to 1 in a, in a much better spot. That might be someone to, to target. All right, now let's look forward to some of these future bets. So we talked about this. Um, the first future that you you know you have the option of betting is the 2020 Masters. No surprise to see the big names at the top of the leaderboard here. You've got Brooks Kepka at eight to one, Rory at nine to one, DJ and Tiger Woods both at ten to one, and then the most just shocking number of all, Jordan Spieth at sixteen to one. And you know how I feel about Jordan Spieth. They've refused to move this number, I guess, because it's Augusta. Although no, he's Jordan Spieth is sixteen to one to win the Masters, the PGA. The oh, he's twenty-five to one to win the Open Championship. That's pretty interesting, and he's twenty-two to one to win the U.S. Open. So clearly, Vegas thinks he's got the best chance, or the money is coming in uh, much more on the Masters and the PGA Championship. And this is just shocking. There's just too many other players in this field here um, that have a chance to compete. I don't really care what Jordan Spieth's course history is. The guy can't find a fairway. The interesting bets for the Masters for me are a few guys. Justin Thomas, who, okay, I we, we have talked about Justin Thomas a lot. I said I would have bet him to be the PGA Tour money leader if I was willing to um, tie up my money for 11 months, which I wasn't, but he was like 11 or 12 to 1 to win that, which is insane. Um, he's 18 to 1 to win the Masters. I am So here's what you have to think about when you're betting these futures. I, if I think he's going to win the Masters, he might win – one or two times before that, right? I mean, we've already seen him raise the trophy once this year. Um, those numbers, that number at 18 should probably be shorter come August, or I'm sorry, April. So if you like, like these are the times you should be betting Justin Thomas because th- that number only gets shorter. It probably doesn't get longer from here. 
Um, who else is on this list? There's a couple of guys that are pretty overvalued. Like I think Jason Day at 25 to one is wrong. Xander at 25 to one is pretty interesting because we've seen him compete week in and week out in the biggest fields. Um, I believe this will now be the third time that Xander has played the the Masters, which is usually you usually trend in the right direction at around Augusta. We we hear so many stories about <clears throat> excuse me. We hear so many stories about having to learn the greens and there's so much inside knowledge where you know you can't just go out and overpower Augusta National. You kind of have to outthink it. And that's why guys like Freddie Couples, like they 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 can always find success there because they know the course so well. It's very difficult for a first timer. Like I think it's only ever happened once that a first timer's won at Augusta. Uh, but you usually see guys get much, you know, much more comfortable with it weekend or time year after year. So Xander, I believe this is now going to be his third or fourth time around Augusta, playing like one of the best players in the world. He's a top ten player in the world. Could be a really good spot to go out and grab him at twenty five to one before again inevitably, you know, he's he almost won out and won. You know, loses at a playoff last week the WGC in China. He's going to win, right? He might win before Augusta. That number is going to come down. The worst thing that can happen is the guy that you want wins the week before Augusta or wins like two weeks before Augusta and now his price, you know, gets cut in half. So Xander is there. Um, you know, Patrick Reed at 40 to 1. He's a past champion. Someone like um, I mentioned Gary Woodland. Like, could, couldn't you very easily see Gary Woodland winning the Masters? 66 to 1. He's the guy who can think himself around the go- a golf course. Um, did so at the U.S. Open. That number is just a little bit too short. So there are some guys out there. Um, I'm trying to look deeper and see who's, you know, like Snedeker at 100. Probably doesn't do it for me. But there are there are a few bets that I would probably want to get in now because if you think they're going to win uh, prior, you're going to lose the ability to 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 bet them at that number later. Uh, PGA Championship. So 2020 PGA Championship. And let's see here again. No, no surprise. Brooks, DJ, Rory, Tiger at the top of the list. Just trying to see if there's any big discrepancies between some of these guys here. Like for example, uh, Gary Woodland, who is 66 to one to win the Masters, is 50 to one to win the PGA Championship. So there is some potential value on other sides of these golfers. Let me just see. Um, you know, Matt Kuchar, and actually I want to see Kuchar, Kuchar's 50 to one to win the PGA championship. I want to see what he is to win the open championship. Cause remember he had that runner up, uh, oh wow. Okay. He's 66 to one to win the open championship. So you actually get better odds on him to win the British, which is probably where I'd go with that. Um, we saw him, he was the, the runner up to, to Jordan Spieth's open championship win. And I just think he has a, Kuchar is a game that can translate well almost anywhere but you know when things get sloppy when things get windy you know he's he always stays within himself he, he's not gonna he knows he's not gonna go out there and bomb at 330 uh he just is very much in control of his game which is something that i really really like about him so um he's one of these guys that i think can can compete in almost any type of uh situation so those are probably guys i'd, I'd throw little bets on um I want to see what the what the what the young guys are. So you don't necessarily like the PGA Championship would be a good place for a young guy to get their first win. Let me see if I can find anybody on here. You know, I'm looking for like 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 Joaquin Neiman, someone like that to get into this field and try to make a little bit of noise. But I don't see any odds for him yet. 
those are the type of golfers that I think can can kind of show up and break out. They're obviously going to be very successful on the PGA Tour. All right. Um, what I want to do is with a, with the few minutes that we have left, uh, I think this would be fun here is um, <laughs> we've got the, the annual anonymous PGA Tour Pro survey out now. So this is the uh, – the survey that came out and called Ricky Fowler most overrated golfer, and he went out and won the Players' Championship the next week. Um, it's that one. So I think there's a couple of interesting things here where they they asked who got your vote for the 2019 PGA Tour Player of the Year, and 33% said Rory versus 17 saying Brooks. And I think that is much more in line with the discussion that we had, which the the tour pros and some of the comments allude to this. Um, really rewarded Rory's consistency and the fact that he was just piling up top tens. He had 13 top tens. And there's a quote here that says, you know, Rory, you know, easy hands down. If he didn't win the tour championship, it would have been close. He was just the most consistent. People don't give him enough credit for all of those top tens, which I think is almost a direct quote of like what we had chatted about, um, where that, that especially PGA tour pros, respect the week-in, week-out grind and the week-in, week-out uh, success that Rory had that really uh, uh, lends himself to, to becoming the, the PGA Tour Player of the Year. Additionally, I thought there was a couple more down here that were interesting. So there are back-to-back questions that I, that I thought were pretty incredible and pretty telling. Um, it says, will Tiger Woods win another major? Uh, 73% of PGA Tour pros said, yes, he will win another major, which I think is is right. If, um, well, I don't know. I guess, I, I don't know what side I'd bet on this, but I think if you were to get odds on will Tiger win another major, he would he would be a favorite to do so. Maybe minus 150, minus 200, something like that. Maybe a book has it somewhere. Um, I know I can get Tiger to win a major this year, uh, but I don't know about ever again. And I think it's, you know, because he can play the Masters forever, uh, which is a really good course setup for him, like there, there, there's going to be chances out there, especially if he already, you know, can continue his great run from this year. I think that that's really telling. And I think that he can uh, go out and win another major. So I think it's, I think he's a favorite to win, maybe a small favorite to win another major, but he's going to run out of time quickly, especially if the body doesn't hold up. You only get four a year. So what does he have left? In, if he has, if he's got four prime years left, it's only sixteen. It's only sixteen cracks at it. Um, you know, if he's sixteen to one to win every one of these, he might win one of them. Okay, that's kind of some rough, rough math for you. But the next one is what's kind of crazy, and it says, if you play Tiger in a thirty-six hole match tomorrow, who wins? And ninety percent of PGA Tour pros think they would beat Tiger. So seventy-three think he's going to win another major. Ninety think they can beat him in a thirty-six hole match. But I know 90% of these guys aren't going to win a major. Not that, you know, those things, both of those things can't happen. Uh, but I think this just goes to show that, you know, I mean, if you give me Tiger, Tiger's probably only a dog in 36, in a 36 home match to like three guys, Brooks, DJ, Rory. That might be it. Maybe JT, probably not. So he might be only a dog to three guys in the field. Uh, but 90% of these guys think they can beat him in a 36 hole match, which I think is absolutely incredible. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap this up and put a bow on it and chat through, uh, the, the week, the vacation week for the PGA tour, the week off, but plenty more around the golf world. And I'll get to that right on the other side. 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. And this has been a fun episode. You know, we didn't have a a PGA Tour event to break down this week, but we covered a heck of a lot in in last week's events and the very exciting President's Cup picks that are going to be coming down uh, the, the, the lane here just in the next few days. So it should be really interesting. We've got a ton of great golf coming down towards the end of the year with not only uh, Mayakoba next week. We are going to get the President's Cup, which will uh, allow for a lot of betting opportunities. I mean, some of these, because really quickly, the way that, um, you know, the, the President's Cup is going to work because those matches kind of move so slowly or there's only so few guys on the course, um, there are a lot of live betting options. So when you, when you look at it, you know, after through five holes, uh, Tigers one up on, on Hao Tong Lee. You're going to be able to bet that and you're going to be able to bet, hey, you know, Tiger's getting to the 15th hole. Is he going to make a par, birdie, whatever? And there are some really interesting uh, strategies that go along with live betting those type of events, uh, especially knowing like when you've seen, I don't know, five or six groups go through a certain hole and you can see how it's playing. And you know it's playing over par or you know it's playing, uh, you know, if you hit it in the left rough, you're dead. And then Tiger's been spraying everything into the left rough all day. Like there's some really good situations where if you're paying attention, uh, you can make uh, a few really good valuable bets as the contest is going on. But you've got to be aware of that. All right. We also chatted about uh, some futures and the fact that Phil Mickelson's run in the top 50 of the official world golf rankings is now over after 1300 weeks. I will leave you with a fun little tidbit about that stretch dating back to 1993. Nick Price was your PGA Tour money winner in 1993. VJ Singh was your rookie of the year, which is pretty incredible. Price uh, had three wins in 18 events. He earned $1.4 million. Rory McIlroy had three wins in 19 events last year. He won $7.7 million, and it doesn't include that tour championship and FedEx Cup bonus. So thank you, Tiger Woods, for the increased purses. Uh, everyone uh, in the last 20 years is lining their pockets. So that's all for me. I hope you enjoyed this special episode of Golf Betting On Demand. I'm your host, Rick Gaiman. Tweet me at Rick Run Good, and I'll talk to you guys next time.